Hey, Barstool listeners, you can find every episode of this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Craziest thing about being a wrestling fan sometimes is, um, have you ever asked to explain what you watched? Like, I know what I watch, and you know what we watch, and people listening know what we watch. There's a certain buying into the story that's being told and being being a-okay with it, suspension of disbelief and all that. Anyway, so my daughter's getting into wrestling. She's she's 12. She's getting into it. She loves Sasha Banks. She loves Bailey. She loves Drew McIntyre. She she really, she's getting into it. And, like, she watched the beginning of TLC with me last night. Drew and AJ opened up, and she just screamed when, when Drew won. She was so excited. And then Sasha, she loved that match. But, you know, it's 9 o'clock. She, she goes to bed. So she wakes up this morning, and she says, What did I miss, Daddy? And I, a 41-year-old man, had to explain to this 12-year-old, well, here's what you missed. You, you missed uh, Charlotte Flair coming back, and you'll like her. You, you'll see her. We'll show her you. and We'll show you her in a little bit. You'll love it. Then you missed uh, Roman. I know that you've been investing in the Roman stuff, and Kevin Owens they had a great match. It was incredible. And then, uh, you know, the Fiend, the guy that kind of scares you a little bit, the Fiend, well, they set him on fire. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had a match uh, surrounded by a ring of fire, and then Randy Orton set him on fire. Good morning, daughter. Have a great rest of the day. <laughs> That's wrestling, baby. Let's go. Somebody emailed me and said, what in the world is that uh, that song at the end of your podcast? I feel like I'm going to a funeral. Uh, no, no, you're, you're in fact not going to a funeral. Can you just, just I don't want to, if, if you've never gotten to the end, I don't want to throw the vibes off here, but can you play the uh, the last song that we play on the show? Do you know what it is off the top of your head, or you edit that in in post? Uh, I usually edit it in post, but I played the oddities last episode. You played the oddities? I thought I'd... Oh, okay. Well, we might need to edit this out. I thought at the end of the show... I thought the end of the show was something that I requested. Did I not make that request? No. No. La- not last uh, episode. There we go. Okay. We got to talk about what I want the last uh, the last song to be on the show. Yeah. Well, I'll just tell you right now. Yeah. I needed to be Mankind's exit music when he would when he would win when he would win matches or afterwards uh, he would come to the to the ring with uh, you know a different set of music but when he would leave it would be this beautiful piano music. We did that for episode two, episode three. I put oddities. Oh, I see. So that's what happened. I see. Yes. You thought I meant for that show. Yeah. So you want every episode. I want that for every episode. Yes. Noted. Now that we got that little business out of the way, <laughs> we are learning uh, each other and we're, we're, we're getting, we're wearing this. Oh no, we're not wearing the same shirt. I took that shirt off. I am wearing uh, stone cold Steve Austin. Still badass shirt. It is a badass shirt. The Smoking Skull shirt. Uh, in a completely unrelated announcement, we will have our first guest on January, I believe, uh, January 12th will yep. be our first, uh, our second episode of the yep. new year. January 12th, that's when we'll debut our song. That's when we'll uh, we'll have our first guest, and it will be quite a time. It's going to be very exciting. And hopefully we'll have a big, big wrestling guest every single week we've already been in contact with aew we've been in contact with wwe we've been in contact with uh, all sorts of legends so we are building out a show here whatever you want email barstoolwrestling at gmail.com all right this week on wrestling so we had a uh, pay-per-view special i don't know if you call them specials or pay-per-views anymore i just call them a pay-per-view special because that covers everything you had tlc last night in the w or you had tlc on sunday night from the wwe you also had a uh 
An edition of AEW Dynamite last week, NXT had a killer. I mean, a killer match between Pete Dunne and Kyle O'Reilly, one of my uh, favorite TV matches in a while. It was very good. So we will talk about all of that, what's going on in the wrestling world, my opinions. We just made the list as we get down to the end of 2020, thank God. We will also look back, before we do our year-end look next week, we will look back at the best years in wrestling history, at least in my life. The best years of wrestling in my life. Um, Maybe you have some, but I have the top five. We just made the list, years in wrestling, and we will do voicemails in just a second. We also might read a couple of emails from you guys. Thank you for helping this podcast grow very quickly. It is still ranked very highly, especially as far as wrestling podcasts go. We are adding as we go along. We will soon have great advertisers. We will have great guests, and things are going well. TLC from Sunday night, and I thought it was a very good show. From top to bottom, a good show. Your mileage on the show might depend on how you view what happened at the end. I'm able to compartmentalize, take a match-by-match, and look at the developments on the show and kind of judge my enjoyment from there. And there really wasn't a match in that show where I didn't say, I didn't think for this is good. I didn't think this is a good use of these guys, these gals. It was a very good use. You know, December pay-per-views can be hit or miss because you've got Survivor Series, which is a traditional big four, and then you have the Royal Rumble in January. So that's always the bridge, and you're kind of – it always feels like maybe a lot of guys are just spinning their wheels – before you get to the Royal Rumble to WrestleMania push. And guys are just kind of, not in quicksand per se, but kind of just on the warmer instead of in the oven. And last night, it was a great example of that, or Sunday night, excuse me. I am recording this on Monday night, and then I will finish the show recording on Tuesday morning. And we'll talk about Raw and whatever happened on Monday night later. But it's a great, they they did a great use of their roster this time around because You've got Roman, who's doing some of the best work in his career. No, he is doing the best work in his career. He's doing some of the best heel work in wrestling in the last five or ten years. That's how good Roman Reigns is right now. On the Raw side, Drew McIntyre has done an incredible job of carrying the belt. In a in the hardest year ever to win your first title, he has done it and done it very well. And by using their roster, WWE gave these two guys, two challengers, that both delivered excellent matches, and they're very... They're, they're, they're challengers with a lot of cachet behind them, a lot of credibility. AJ Styles has got credibility for days, as does Kevin Owens. And anytime you want to plug them into the title picture and make your champion look better or look, look threatened, both of those guys are perfect for it. And Kevin Owens, you know, whatever you say about the character, whatever you say about what WWE has done with him, when they put him in the ring in a big spot, he's going to deliver. Same with AJ Styles. And I thought they both did. AJ against Drew. It was the goofy, you know, putting Miz in the middle of the match to make it a triple threat. That got rid of the Money in the Bank. One thing I'd say about Money in the Bank is if they don't have a plan for it, I I don't think they should feel necessarily forced to do it every year because this year it didn't feel like they had the plan for the briefcase on the men's side. So they just, Miz did it and got rid of it and whatever. But AJ always brings it. Drew always brings it. And I thought it was a great way to start the show. A very, very good 25, 30 minutes to start the show. Sasha and Carmella had no business being as good as it was. Carmella brought it, and Sasha always brings it. Sasha, to me, is one of the five or ten best wrestlers in the world. I think Sasha is incredible. I think Sasha brings it out of everybody. She's still young. 
And I'm not saying she's a top five or ten women's wrestler. I'm saying a professional wrestler. Her and Bailey are both in that echelon to me. I love them both. But Sasha really brought it with Carmella. Great match there. The Hurt Business wins a belt. The Hurt Business wins the tag title belts from New Day. Wow. I, I, I don't know that the match was... I mean, the match was fine. It was a tag title match. It was 10 minutes, but the Hurt Business has done great work this year. MVP has been a revelation as the voice of them. Shelton Benjamin as the grizzled veteran. Cedric Alexander is the cocky newcomer. And then the the unbeatable monster, Bobby Lashley. The Hurt Business has been a fantastic. And I don't, I don't know. If, I know that ratings are low. I don't care about ratings. I care about my personal enjoyment. I hope the company does great ratings forever. But I care about what I see on the screen. And what I see on the screen with the Hurt Business is a very, very good stable. And New Day has been 10-time champions. They'll be champions again whenever they want. They are they are permanently overact, and losing the belts here to Hurt Business just strengthens that tag team, that mid-guard. I love it. I, 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 Hurt Business has been one of the, the acts of 2020 to me. The match of the night, though, was Roman and Kevin Owens. It was incredible. The drama they're able to build with Jey Uso, I still am just in awe of the pairing of Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns because Paul Heyman doesn't have to be the boisterous I'm bragging about my client he just has to be there and he stares in awe and like almost in every big match with Roman there's been a moment where Paul Heyman you can just see him in the background staring mouth agape just he can't believe the violence and where this guy can go and it's pushing Roman further than it ever has his head of the table heel character and the shades of gray talking about the family of Kevin Owens and Kevin Owens talking about the family of uh, Roman Reigns just a phenomenal, a hard-hitting match. A uh, I don't generally like ladder matches as much because I think a a one-two kickout or a one-two-three pinfall is more dramatic than a climb of a ladder, especially because you can always tell when the climb is going to end up being the end. There's just a it's a different climb. If it's that slow climb, I don't like the slow climbs. I don't like the slow buildups. I like the finality and the quickness of a good pinfall. But they did it very well. They did it very well where it took everybody in the building to keep Kevin Owens from getting the belt and Roman Reigns. Eventually, he did the slow climb to perfection because he was winning the match, and he showed that he could take his sweet-ass time. And when he got up there, he just let everybody look at Roman Reigns as he took the belt down. I thought four-and-a-half, five-star match. I, it was fantastic. And this place, this room, this building smells completely like marijuana right now. You smell that? Marijuana has gotten into this room. I don't smell it now, but I will say last week, literally half the office smelled like marijuana. Mm-hmm. It's it's weird. Are there and are there people that might smoke marijuana here? I hope not. I certainly hope not either. My goodness, what kind of what kind of example are we setting for our children? Can you go see if you can get, get us some? No. You want to get some? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll be right there. They just opened up. I don't know if you noticed, but I think there's a bar. Yeah, yeah. People are getting, getting fucked down. up. Get, they're getting down getting right now. Fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> we we got a uh, we we have a we had our year in review at Barstool today. Our year in video review, and afterwards the we have a bar that is that's sponsored, yep. but there's just three bartenders over there throwing out drinks. Yeah. For people to get waste, not us. We're working hard. We're working hard. Yeah, I for the other guys. Yeah, yeah, of course. For the the miscreants out there. Yeah, yeah, the guys that need it. Ultimately, TLC comes down to this: What's your mileage on a guy getting set on fire? It's always been a, a weak spot in my fandom. It's been a spot where I just generally didn't get into the supernatural stuff. 
while I respect The Undertaker and he had a great career, I never got into the Buried Alive stuff. I never got into... Anytime you, you have a simulated murder on screen, it's just... Like... I, it's not believable. I'm, I'm not there. I, I I don't give myself over to that. And it's fine, because I know it's... it. it they wouldn't do it if it didn't work. They wouldn't do it. I mean, Undertaker had a 30-year career, maybe the yeah. best career in WWE history based on that. Kane, uh, an offshoot of that character, had his own Hall of Fame career. Yeah. So Bray Wyatt, for, for since, what, 2013, has been a supernatural guy. So it works, or they wouldn't do it. But last night, Randy Orton, The Fiend, there in a match. Randy Orton wins. At the end, sets The Fiend on fire. And he lays there burning. <laughs> It is what it is. If you like that stuff, you're you're all you're with it. I know that there was a report that Vince McMahon and uh, or maybe the company's been told or maybe the company has decided to go more adult content. I think that's a great play. I like that. That certainly reminds me of the Attitude Era. I remember when they got serious when WCW pushed them and they got serious about adult content. That was the that was the match that was thrown onto a gas you know the 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 fire there yeah, yeah. and everything blew up. Yep. Could that happen again? Yeah, because I think you've got the pieces in place. I think we're going to have a, a new boom period in wrestling in the next couple of years. Why? Because Vince is getting pushed. He's getting pushed by AEW, and a pushed Vince is the, is the best Vince. Number two, AEW exists, and they've got a good product. That's going to make the WWE product more. And NXT exists as its own product. It's very good, too. I think we're headed towards a boom period in wrestling. You could have Roman Reigns as a linchpin. You could have somebody I don't know as the linchpin. But I think we're headed to that. That's kind of why I want to start this podcast. I wanted to get in ground zero. I see it coming. I feel like it's coming. I, I definitely see what you're saying, too, because it's like, uh, you know, like the whole EA. This is, I'm going off course real quick. But like EA with with, with Madden, they don't have any competition. So they just do the, put out the same game every right. year. And it's kind of the it's not that the WWE puts out the same thing every year, but right. now they have competition. Well, it's, it's anybody. Yeah. Anybody, anybody performs better when somebody's pushing you. Yeah. Anybody. So, that's it on TLC. I thought it was a very good show. I didn't particularly like the ending, but maybe you did, and that's fine if you did. That's TLC. On the AEW side, Dynamite last week was a, um, I don't want to say it was an average show, because the average for AEW is pretty good. And um, But it was a, it was a show of storyline advancement, and it set up a couple things as they're going towards some big shows coming up. Uh, in the holidays this week by the way dynamite people have been saying a lot of people have been writing me and and tweeting me and and emailing me saying hey i want to get back into wrestling i like what you're i like your passion for it i love what you love back in the day but i don't know where to watch all this stuff so aw dynamite's on tnt uh every wednesday night at eight this week it'll be at 10 nxt comes on usa network uh every wednesday night at eight impact comes on uh, access tv every tuesday night i believe at eight and then, of course, you got Monday Night Raw at 8 p.m. Eastern on uh, on Monday nights, and you have SmackDown Live Friday night at 8 Eastern on Fox. Yes. You know where where else you could find that schedule? Where's that? On Rasslin's Twitter, because our graphics guy um, is putting out a schedule every week to show where you can find what. Oh, what a good guy. Great guy. Yeah. Have you? Is that our new guy yep. that I, I deputized? Yep. We're building. Uh, so this this fan just said, "Hey, can I do stuff for you?" I say, "Yeah, sure." We have like we have a damn mini- sure can. We have a mini team, and they're they're doing a great job. Yeah, we got a social guy, we got a graphics guy. Yep. We have you, the producer. We have me. I would say in order of importance of the show, that's probably it. The graphics guy, 
the social guy than you than me. You egotistical piece of shit. <laughs> it's the only time I'll get praise. You egotistical piece of shit. It's the only time I'll get praise, so I'm not going to say anything. AW Dynamite. So it's building up. Looks like Kenny Omega uh, against Ray Phoenix. Ray Phoenix was in the uh, the world title tournament. Didn't ever he never got beat. So he will fight Kenny Omega. That, I think that's going to be a super match. Kenny Omega with a great exhibition against Joey Janela the other night. You know Joey Janela has no business going. Um, you know, ten minutes with the champ, but it wasn't like that. Kenny Omega just dominated him, and Don Callis was doing commentary on the outside. I, I continue to dig the Kenny Omega Don Callis pairing. It's great. It's it's egotistical. It fits his his entrances with the cleaner and the dancing girls. Kenny Omega knocking it out of the park right now. Inner Circle MJF continues to kind of simmer there. Chris Jericho and MJF every time they're on screen now, there there's some sort of laughing and joking with the with the serious underbelly. So I, I like that. I like where that's going. I just AEW's got good solid storylines up and down the card. Whereas, I feel like the I I feel like I, I feel like the future of both promotions is in very very good hands. WWE's headed the right direction. So is AEW. Inner Circle MJF story keeps going. I will say this about AEW. I need that Sting story to to get going. I need to get moving. He's now come out three times. He still hasn't really. He said stuff, but he hasn't really said anything. He's keeping it very quiet. He's keeping it very um, what's the vague. Yeah, you know, he'll hold the bat out and he'll do that. And I got to be honest, as somebody who lived through 1997, the very very slow burn. The the summer the 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 year of Sting was incredible. It was a slow burn, but Sting would come out. Sometimes he would rid the uh, ring of the NWO. Sometimes he would just come out and stare. Sometimes. But it started with him just coming out. He'd lay the bat down in between two wrestlers, or he'd just stare at people and hold the bat out. But it was a slow burn that led to what should have been the biggest match in WCW history, Hogan Sting. And that match came out like a wet fart. It wasn't good. They didn't deliver. They had a year buildup, and it didn't deliver. I don't really care to live through another six-month, three-month build with Sting. He's going to come out there, hit somebody, do something, say something, state your case, and go. I don't want a slow bill where Sting just comes out and stares at people with the bat. That's not that's not storyline development to me in 2020. I don't have the patience to do another slow burn with Sting. I did it in my life before, and the ending sucked. wasn't Sting's fault. It wasn't his fault at all. But the ending, it never delivered. You had the greatest build ever with one of the with a payoff that didn't fit the build. If you're going to have Sting in 2020. Let's get to stepping on the storyline. That 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 is my that's my opinion. That is my opinion on the matter. Love AEW, love Sting. Let's get let's get it going. Darby Allen, he's going to be the mentor. Good, great. Let's go. He's going to fight Cody Rhodes. Good, fight. Do something. That's all. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention NXT real quick right here. They're building towards New Year's Evil. Their their big uh, holiday show, and they're going to have Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor wrestle for the title. They've already had it once. I say put the title on Cool Kyle. I think he's one of the most underrated wrestlers in the world. He is hard-hitting. He's fantastic. His match with Pete Dunne was it was violent. It was great. Kyle O'Reilly delivers. He delivers. Adam Cole has been the linchpin of that Undisputed Era, but everybody in that thing can go, and Kyle O'Reilly can fucking go his ass off. I'd like to see him get the belt over Finn Balor. Just let him run with it. See what happens. But it's still going to be a great title match, and the match with Pete Dunne was great. NXT, uh, it's just a machine that just continues to recycle itself. It continues to go forward and it continues to be just as good. Their takeovers are all great. And whenever they stop, whenever they take their w- weekly show, 
and they put a big show feel in the middle of it. They'll they'll spend three weeks building to a big weekly show. That is going to be a good show. So both Wednesday night, everything's good. Everything I, I like where we're at right now in the wrestling world. All right, before we transition into, we just made the list. Let me tell you right now that finally horse racing has a contest worth playing. I'm talking, of course, about the Stable Duel app. Stable Duel brings more action with its fantasy-style game where you can play against others for big money payouts. I'm into, if you listen to me here at Barstool, I'm in the gambling scene, I'm in the college football scene, I'm in the wrestling scene. But gambling, I love it. Horse racing is, it gives you a rush and a thrill like no other, and Stable Duel is all on top of it. It's similar to fantasy football. You can select your stable, which is a team of horses, and watch the points rack up. There are also daily games with big cash prizes. Easy to use, even if you're new to the sport, if you're a, if you're a yearling, if you haven't ever watched horse racing, you can dive into it with this and compete and win money along the way. So download the Stable Duel app now and start playing right out of the gate. That's the Stable Duel app, S-T-A-B-L-E-D-U-E-L app. Go ahead and check that out, Stable Duel app. You just made the list. All right, solo time here on We Just Made the List. This is a segment where we'll have somebody pretty much on every week, but it's the holidays. Try to get Robbie Fox. Robbie Fox was uh, didn't make it in today. I think he's already with family. You had other guys. So everybody's with family. I'm going to go ahead and do it, though. As we get in on the uh, the end of 2020, next week we'll have our year in review. But this week, we just made the list. The top five wrestling years of my lifetime. Top five wrestling years of my lifetime. I'll start off with some honorable mentions. Didn't quite make the list. This is cool. Thank you very much. I like it. I, I appreciate that. It's nice to get feedback. Positive vibes. Positive vibes only in here. Yep. This ain't one of them other rinky-dink-ass shows. This is wrestling. No, this is wrestling. Mm-hmm. We're booked to win. We, that's what we do. Tag team. Mm, no. I'll, I'll, well, no, 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 just no, yeah, no, we, yeah, we, yeah. we don't know each other that well. <laughs> not that well. <laughs> not yet. Not yet and not we yet. don't even know the chick. I mean, it depends on. Well, it's true. It's true. Well, yeah, we we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll after. talk later. Yeah. We'll talk later. Have you seen anybody, though? I am. Um, honest. No. Okay. 2016. 2016 is honorable mention number one. I actually have three honorable mentions because this was a hard category to do. And this was There's a lot of great years from the 80s to the 90s to the 2000s. A lot of great years here. A lot of companies to consider. A lot of things to consider. This is my experience with wrestling is going to be North American only. So if you tell me there was a great match in Japan in 1994, that's not going to be on my radar. I'm, I, I'm just admitting that to you right now. I'm admitting it to you right now. 2016, you had AJ Styles. He debuted in the Rumble. He immediately was great. Nakamura and Zayn, which is one of my favorite matches of the last couple of years. I know the Nakamura stint in the WWE hasn't been great, but Nakamura Zayn on that uh, on that Saturday night in Dallas was incredible. 2016, a solid year. New Day really came into their own. It was the year of the list of Jericho, which you know that spawned this. That I'm inspired by that to do this. It was a great year, 2016, 1990. 1990, Sting and WCW rises to the top, wins the belt for the first time. 1990 in WWF, you have the great WrestleMania VI main event with Hogan and Warrior. 1990, another honorable mention for me. Honorable mention, last one. I'm going to go 2008, which was maybe my favorite year in the last 15. 2008 had the incredible feud between Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho. Changed the rest of Chris Jericho's career. One of my favorite feuds in the history of wrestling. If you've never seen it, go back and watch 2008 Chris Jericho and Shawn Michaels. They did several matches. They even did a main. They did a segment 
at SummerSlam, which was better than a lot of the matches. That SummerSlam was very good that year. WrestleMania 24 that year was good. That was Ric Flair's farewell. 2008 was a good year. Number five, my favorite wrestling years of all time. This is a year that gets a bad rap because the storyline did not achieve what it could have. It wasn't quite as good as it could have, but... 2001 is filled with great matches and great events. I know the invasion angle was poorly booked. I understand that. It could have been better. But what we got was still a really good year. 2001 starts with a tremendous rumble and maybe one of the great great rumbles of all time. You'll find that my enjoyment of the year is based a lot on the rumble and the mania. But 2001, you had the great rumble that was won by Stone Cold Steve Austin. Then you had the build to Rock and Austin. You had WrestleMania X7, my choice for the greatest pay-per-view extravaganza of all time. And even some of the invasions, like SummerSlam 2001 is a good show. Kurt Angle and Stone Cold Steve Austin had some bangers of matches in 2001. 2001 Survivor Series is great. 2001 did not come across as well as it could have, but it was still a very, very fun year. Number four, 1987. Go back with me right now. It is the height of Hulkamania. WrestleMania 3, the biggest show ever to that point. Andre and Hogan. It starts, uh, I think that year started with a great Saturday night's main event cage match, Orndorff against Hogan. Later in 87, you had the Dawn of the Survivor Series. Later in 87, you had the Mega Powers coming together. You had the face turn for Macho Man Randy Savage. You had the uh, the one of my favorite matches of all time at WrestleMania 3, Savage and Steamboat. On the other side, in in NWA, you had Ric Flair at the height of his powers. I know they had a bad turn there at the end with Ron Garvin winning the title and then Flair winning it back. But Flair at the height of his powers, Arn over there, Barry Windham, Lex Luger coming into action. Great year, 1987. The more I talk about it, the more I think I might need to move it up. I had two years for number five. I had two years written down as number five. Is there? I just confused myself. So, you know what? We're going back. Yeah. We're now going to say... Honorable mention for 2001. There you go. Honorable mention for 2001, graphics guy. 1987 is number five. Number four is 1998. Number four is 1998. WCW and WWF are throwing haymakers at each other. This is the height of the Attitude Era. It is raging. And boy, 1998, you have the ascension of Stone Cold Steve Austin to the WWF Championship. You have Mick Foley going from... I guess just from a, a character into a lovable loser into a champion. Mick Foley evolved so much in 1998. By the way, you know who else evolved in 1998? The fucking Rock became the fucking Rock. He started the year as the Intercontinental Champion. He ended it as the World Heavyweight Champion. He was the WWF Champion. Excuse me. He was great. 1998, up and down. WrestleMania 14 is good. The Rumble is good. SummerSlam 98 in the Garden is good with the Highway to Hell, Undertaker in Austin. Oh, WCW? Ever heard of Goldberg? Goldberg made his bones. The bulk of his streak was in 1998. He ran 1998. He won the title in, in July in the Georgia Dome against Hogan. 98 was an incredible year. He had the NWA Wolfpack. 98 was so good. Man, I got three years better than 1998. Yeah, I was about to say, that was uh, that's my, the golden year for me. Yeah, 98's way up there. That's the one that I ha- sucked me right back. I have three that I think are better. Now, I don't have I don't have any issue if anybody thinks '98 is the best year ever because my God it is way up there. Number three for me, and this is a personal preference because this is where I was in life. Number three for me is 1992, greatest Rumble ever. Ric Flair wins the Rumble, goes all the way. Greatest Rumble ever. Great WrestleMania in the Hoosier Dome. 
great SummerSlam in London, England. Outside of Survivor Series, which had a good Mr. Perfect face turn, outside of Survivor Series, the three big four, that might have been <clears throat> that might have been the best one, two, three of Rumble, Mania, SummerSlam ever to that point, and could still be. That's how good it was. And on the other side, you had the Dangerous Alliance. You had Rick Rude. You had Sting Squadron against the uh, Dangerous Alliance in the best war games match ever in WCW. You had Ron Simmons becoming the first black heavyweight champion ever. 92 is loaded. And I don't think they were doing great numbers. They weren't doing great ratings on either side. But 92 was smoking hot. Great matches. You had Savage win the belt. You had Flair winning the belt. You had Bader winning the belt. You had Ron Simmons winning the belt. I mean, just an incredible, incredible year of wrestling. 92 is number three for me. Number two is the year 2000. I don't sing well. I wish I hadn't done that. 2000, maybe the highest quality product WWE, WWF ever provided. Just from front to back, from Rooter to Tudor, 2000 was loaded. And this was, WCW was gone. They were garbage at this point. They weren't gone, but they were garbage. They were, nobody was watching. It wasn't cool. WCW was on its way out. And here is the WWF, and they are, this is, them just flexing their muscle. The Rock is on top. Austin comes back. You have uh, you have a great rumble. The only pay-per-view that wasn't that good that year was WrestleMania 2000, which shockingly wasn't that good. But you had Triple H in the prime of his career. Triple H with a five-star match against Mankind, or Cactus Jack, excuse me, at the Royal Rumble. Backlash 2000, I think, was the pay-per-view of the year. You had the Kurt Angle rising to, to prominence. Kurt Angle going from a rookie to champion in no time. 2000. Every week on, I think Monday Night Raw was even on TN, TNN at that point. I think that was the year they switched. But Monday Night Raw was great. SmackDown was great. And you had Commissioner Foley. You had the APA. 2000 is just the, the launching pad of Edge and Christian and the Hardy Boys. My God, 2000 every single week was great. But it's not the number one year ever. It's number two. Just to add to that, I feel like it was the prime of all those wrestlers you mentioned. It was and- the... And the accumul or uh, culminating, right? It all, was all at once. It was the peak. Like um, if you see the Avengers coming together, and they all like Hulk is hooked up to his max, and Thor's got the hammer, yep. and they all they're all at the end, and they're they're all just as as max as they can be. Yep. That's what the Rock. That's what Triple H. Austin a little lesser because he came back from yeah. injury. Yep. But you had you had I mean everybody back then was really running on all cylinders and you had the radicals come in you had dean malenko eddie guerrero other guys came in it was just an incredible 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 year but not number one i can't wait to hear this number one is very close to what you said was your prime year Mm -hmm. number one for me is 1997 okay so wcw launched nitro in 95 september 95 Mm -hmm. ww uh, wcw Turn Hogan heel at Bachelor of the Beach 96, meaning the NWO yep. uh, debuted in the summer of 96. So they get through 96. But in 97, Ho- Hollywood Hogan is at its peak. You have the NWO at its peak. You have Nitro at its qualitative, qualitative best. You have the Sting storyline. He's in the rafters every week. You have Diamond Dallas Page rising up. You have the beginning of Goldberg in September. You have Macho Man Randy Savage wrestling good matches. You have your tag team champions, the Outsiders, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. WCW was absurd. 
1997. Absolutely absurd. You had one of the great WCW matches of all time in Halloween Havoc 97, Ray and Eddie. The mid-card, you had Jericho, you had Malenko, you had Eddie, you had Ray, you had Ultimo Dragon. Everywhere on Nitro, you had interesting matchups. And it was an incredible year for WCW. And that is just WCW. Everything I mentioned is one company. Yeah. The other company had the fucking Hart Foundation, had Bret Hart go heel, had Stone Cold Steve Austin, had what I think might be my favorite is WrestleMania 3 Savage Steamboat. But yeah. Austin Bret at 13, WrestleMania 13 Chicago, might be the greatest WrestleMania match ever, ever. And it was it launched Stone Cold. So you have him coming up. You have Sean. You know what else launched? DX. DX like, launched in 97, yes. Oh, see, I assume it was 98. Summer, so. summer of 97, DX launched. 97 is yeah. ridiculous. There are things. Undertaker had a championship run. There are things up and down the card. The Rock turned heel, getting ready for a big 98. You can go back in the history of modern wrestling and what made the Attitude Era and the seeds that became these giant forests of greatness were almost all in 1997. It's an, an it's it's my favorite year ever. Raw Raw started the year they were getting killed, and they got killed a lot of the year. But by the end, as a quality standpoint, Raw was right there with Nitro and was ready to take back over the wrestling world. That would happen in '98, but they built to it in '97. Is '97 the one where Stone Cold it became uh, Austin three sixteen just whooped your ass? So he 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 coined that in '96. He coined okay. that at King of Ring. What happened in 97 was he had the match with Brett where he passed out in the sharpshooter with the blood dripping down his yes, face. And yes. that turned him from from badass to incredible baby face that is about to change the wrestling world. And he did. Yep. He changed the wrestling world. Uh, Kane debut. Bad Blood 97. Hell, Hell in a Cell debut. Everything. Cool. Hell in a Cell debut. DX debut. Kane debut. Like, almost everything that made the Attitude Era great had some sort of genesis in 97 97 is the greatest wrestling year of all time and that is we just made the list so every week on wrestling we will have a segment where we talk to you and whatever you'd like to talk about we will certainly do it so we've got voicemails we have the number out there on wrestling twitter if you don't follow wrestling twitter please fix that right now go follow at wrestling on twitter and at wrestling on instagram that's r-e-s-s-l-i-n that is wrestling go check that out I'm going to do an email first, and we got a bunch of voicemails. Aria has curated it for me. Last week, I curated it, and I kind of knew what was coming. This week, we're going to try something different where I don't know what's coming. So we will get through that. But we have Barstool, we have WrestlingBarstool at gmail.com. I'm sorry. Let me say this right. Is it Barstool, Barstool Wrestling or Wrestling Barstool? It's Barstool, Barstool Wrestling. Yeah, Barstool Wrestling. Barstool Wrestling at gmail.com. You can email us. So we have some people that didn't leave a voicemail. They just emailed me some questions. And... Yep. Um, so one guy emailed me like six times. Charlie <laughs> nice. from Starkville. Charlie from Starkville emailed me like six times. So this guy appears to be a big wrestling fan. So, hey, you email me six times. I'm going to read you. And it says, hey, Brandon, here are a few things I just thought of. And he emails me, this might this might take the rest of the show. <laughs> well, this guy is thorough. Charlie from Starkville. All right. Good for you, buddy. What do you think about the heavily scripted promos in the WWE versus the freedom AEW wrestlers have with their promos? And do you think scripted promos have hurt the WWE product over the last few years? Wow, this guy, very detailed with his questions. Yeah, the deep thinker. So I am not uh, I'm not a wrestling script writer. I am not a booker. I'm not a wrestler. I'm not Vince McMahon. So I generally, how the sausage gets made doesn't matter as much to me, the fan, the consumer. I just like a good promo. 
And Roman Reigns certainly has been delivering good promos, as has Drew McIntyre, as has several as have several people in WWE. Pat McAfee in NXT, great promos. But the the passioned promos of the AEW are also good. I like you know I, I like both companies. I like what's happening in both companies. So it's really neither one more so than the other to me. Um, what do you think about gray characters in modern wrestling versus traditional heel and babyface roles? Well, I think. I think shades of gray are, are always good as long as they're not too gray. As long as there's some sort of motivation. As long as you can see the character's motivation and reason for doing things, whether he's right or he's, or he's wrong, as long as you can see it and he's a developed, fleshed-out character, then I don't really care if he's a good guy or a bad guy. At least it's sensical and makes sense. And shades of gray sometimes tries to be a tweener, tries to be too gray to where it's just bland. And it's not... You don't really understand the motivations or what's going on. So shades of gray are good when they can be done right. They're so rarely off. They're they're rarely done right. FDR recently said this is the same email. Charlie from Starkville. <laughs> this guy, man. FDR recently said it would be a mistake to bring back a new version of the Four Horsemen AEW. Do you think it'd be a mistake to bring back a new version of the Horsemen? If they did, who would you put in that group? Well, I mean the Elite. Uh, they're not as tight knit, and they're they're not. A, they don't run in the same circles, but. How many of them is it? It's, it's the Young Bucks. It's Kenny Omega. It was Hangman Page. So that's kind of a group. I, I think more factions, the better, frankly. I like factions. I like when wrestlers, like-minded wrestlers, get together and wreak havoc. I think the more factions, the better in every company. There are a ton of titles right now, says Charlie in Starkville. Do you think it would be better if WWE went back to the traditional three titles they had in the 80s, early 90s? I don't think so because back then you had uh, – you had, what, an hour of TV every Monday, You had, um, and then you had your weekend shows, your syndicated shows, and you had four pay-per-views a year, and it was basically just you wanted people to go to the house shows to, to make your money. Now you have the WWE Network. You have, I don't know, 10, 15 hours a, w- a week to, to fill. I, I certainly think some titles get diluted, but the more the merrier to me because um, three wouldn't work. Three would not work at all. And over the last couple of years, says Charlie in Starkville, he has two more questions. What do you? A lot of people have been comparing Adam Cole to Shawn Michaels. What do you think of the comparison? And considering Cole's size, could you see Vince giving Cole a major push on the roster? Uh, yes, yes, and yes. I don't know about being as good as Shawn. Shawn is the greatest of all time to me as far as in-ring work goes. Flair is up there with character and in-ring work, but I think just purely in-ring, Shawn is the best of all time. So it's hard to compare anybody to him but adam cole is very good one of the top five wrestlers in the world right now i love adam cole he also is a good shit-eating douchebag heel and has been frankly a pretty good baby face so far so yeah i can see adam cole having a great career a long career does vince give him the Shawn michaels push well that's so rare Shawn michaels barely got the Shawn michaels push it could happen it i i can't rule it out and charlie from starfall says did you consider reviewing classic 90s stuff on the show too yeah so I think we're headed towards this not just being a podcast, but this being a video product, and we haven't even talked about this. Yeah. But there's so much we can do. We can do reviews. We can do chats. We can do all this video stuff, and we're going to have – I don't want to spoil anything. We're going to have some some working relationships with companies around the world that we'll be able to get video from them. So this is not just going to be a product. This is going to be a video product very, very soon. Yeah, we're going to have our own YouTube channel and everything. We need to get that launched, by the way. We're we doing the legwork to get that get that going. I will get it done. You'll get it done. That's Aria, fucking Aria. When I started this show, this is real talk. When I started this show, a lot of people around here, a lot of producers, 
I needed a grown man. I needed somebody who I could trust that, that I'm going to work hard and I can say, well, you work hard and he's going to do it and there's not going to be any bullshit. And me and Aria, we worked together before on another show. We see the world the same way. That's why Aria's with me. So thank you, Aria. Thank you, Brandon. Uh, all right. So voicemails. We just did the email. Let's do some voicemails. And how many we got? Uh, I picked six. Um, I'm also going to – let me ask you this question. This was a question that was on the voicemail, but it was hard to hear. Um, so I just wanted to ask you this because it was, I was curious about it too. Um, this is from Barry. He wanted to know why did Miz take the money in the bank briefcase from Otis if he wasn't going to win? What's your opinion on that? So, yeah, this just feels like, you know, WWE, maybe they had plans for Otis in the beginning and they gave up on the plans. And Miz is a very reliable guy to carry that briefcase around. With that briefcase, you have to have the the history, the the wherewithal, the mean streak to be able to be a threat to turn that thing in. Now he turned it in last night. He's not exactly at that chan- at, at the top of the card level anymore. So I think what they did with it was fine. Miz cashed it in. It didn't work. Now he'll do something else. He'll do something nefarious and and down the road. But I don't know why Otis was the guy that won in the beginning if they weren't completely sold on him. But plans change in wrestling. Wrestling is fluid, just like life. They took the, uh, they kind of took the exit ramp on that uh, on that freeway right there, and that's where we are. All right, now let's play some voicemails. Play some fucking voicemails, are you? All right, so I I picked the best ones that I thought um, were the best, and that makes uh, sense. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, uh, I wrote down the numbers, but I didn't write down specifics. So this is gonna be kind of new to me again, even though I did it this morning. All right. Just to let you know. Voicemail number one. Let's do that again. Voicemail number one. Night of the Living Dead, 1968. What's this guy doing? The Hollywood Hills, filled with glitz and glamour. Oh, it's gold dust. Will never shine as bright as gold. So, Brad. Do you think that I, Goldust, should have carried the World Heavyweight Championship at least once? Mm, It's a good question. Yeah. Goldust. Should Goldust have been the heavyweight champion? You have to take it in uh, in levels because Goldust came and he went, and he came and he went, and he came and he went. The first iteration... The world wasn't ready for that character to be a world heavyweight champion. Plus, he wasn't quite at that level. I mean, he was. you're talking about 95, 96, 97. He's in that IC title hunt. And he was a good IC title character. But you had Sean and Brett at the top of the card. You had Austin coming. There was just no room. And then later, he would, he would come back and forth. I never felt like... Frankly, I thought the best version of Goldust in WWE, and this might be crazy, but Bookdust, when he was hooked up with Booker T and... They, Booker T ended up spinning off that to, to should have won the world title at WrestleMania 19 in 2003, but he had to lose to Triple H because everybody did back then. But I thought the best version of Goldust was when he was teamed with Booker T. I thought they brought out the best in each other. That was a fantastic team. I never – I don't think Goldust was really – and looking back, there was – yeah, it's, Dustin Rose is a great wrestler, one of the all-time greats. Fantastic. I don't know that there was ever a moment where it made sense to put the belt on him. So, so I would say no. 
and thank you for the impression. It was truly ghastly and awful, and it made me question the entire reason to do this podcast. It bothered me, made me feel like I was talking to somebody who potentially wanted to rape me. So you did a good job. Good job. Anytime I can feel like I'm about to get raped, now we got something. There we go. All right, voicemail number two. Hey, Brandon, I'm a huge fan of the podcast. I was just calling to see which is one of your favorite tag team wrestling matches of all time. One of my favorite, and I feel like it's an underrated one, is that 2002 No Mercy, I believe, and it's the finals of the WWE Tag Team Championship Tournament match between Edge and Rey Mysterio mm-hmm. and Chris and Juan Kurt Angle. I mean, thanks. Yeah, so in 2002, any, any combination of those guys was going to fucking rock the house. And that is one. I don't think that one's underrated, though. I think that one gets a lot of love. It's one of the great tag team matches of all time. And, yeah, it's in anybody's objective top five. It was an incredible match. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to a modern team real quick. Uh, I thought Kenny Omega, Heyman Page, and the Young Bucks earlier this year, I think it might have been February, was a very good tag team match of the year and, and can certainly stack up to any all-time match. My personal favorite tag matches of all time. I'm not telling you they're the best. But my favorite team ever is Arn and Tully. But I got a couple I want to throw at you. In 1989, Arn and Tully, the Brainbusters in WWF, did a program with the Rockers. They were mostly house show matches. And you can find one of these on the Shawn Michaels Heartbreak and Triumph DVD, which came out in like 2007 or eight, something like that. Anyway, so there's a match on there, the Brainbusters against the Rockers, Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels from, I believe, March. I think it was in the Garden, and it just rocks the fucking party that rocks the body. It is an incredible match. There's two veterans against two young high flyers. I love the Rockers. They should have been tag team champions. Arn and Tully, again, my favorite of all time. Also, shout out to Arn and Tully, the Brain Busters against the Heart Foundation SummerSlam that year. Shout out to the Rockers against the Orient Express to open the Royal Rumble in 1991. Shout out to Stone, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels against Brett and Owen in 97. And I know, I know I'm missing some. Uh, New Day's had some classics with the Usos. But my personal favorite tag match of all time is, in fact, Shawn and Marty, the Rockers, against Arn and Tully, the Brain Busters, in 1989. It's, it's, just, it's a house show, and it's just on uh, Shawn's DVD that I can tell. But it's phenomenal. This Vo- is- Voicemail number three. This one's a, a good one because um, I have a I have this question after seeing what happened last night. Please. Yo, this is Doug. I just want to say TLC was very good. Probably pay-per-view of the year, I would think. However, I just don't know what they do with The Fiend. He was lit on fucking fire. Yeah. So I feel like that has to be the end. The character would be weird if he comes back, but I wonder what you guys think. Well, I guarantee you right now that ain't the end of the character. No chance that's the end of the character. I mean, I don't think you take a character out like that with Randy Orton. You, you, you I mean, let, let's be honest. Undertaker was buried alive. How many times? Kane was set on fire. How many times? Um, like a lot of people were buried alive. Undertaker rose to the, he rose to the ceiling as Marty Jannetty in 94. Like these things have happened before. They always come back. I don't think this is the end of the character. He can come back. Uh, and he will come back. The Fiend will will be back. I don't really understand where we're going. I don't understand why we had to use this to get there. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna complain too loudly. I thought the show itself was in fact in the running for pay per view of the year. I thought War Games NXT to me might have been the show of the year as far as the WWE goes. But the last three or four outings of the big company, the big roster, have been really good. Survivor Series was good. Uh, I'm trying to think of what the the September and October pay per views were in name 
but they were both good. The one with Jay Uso and Roman on top was was really good. Actually, there was two of those. Um, those were all good shows. The the WWE roster is on a pretty good pay per view run right now. Really good pay per view run. SummerSlam was uh, was good as well. Voicemail number four. Hey Brandon, big fan. Now that TLC is over, which two individuals? Oh wow. Okay. Well, you just cut him off. Hey Brandon, big fan. <laughs> Now that TLC is over, which two individual wrestlers do you see are going to get a bigger push in 2021? Personally, I feel like uh, Vince is trying to push Big E and hopefully Bianca Belair uh, maybe towards maybe after WrestleMania. Uh, I just want to hear feedback. Uh, thank you. All right, so the Big E push is something I think we've all wanted for a while. Uh, he was great in the new day. He's, he's good solo right now. Looks like he's about to probably go get that belt from uh, – Sami Zayn, the Intercontinental Belt, looks like they're about to start a program. But, yeah, I think the Big E push is coming. I also think, based on what I saw Sunday night with Kevin Owens and that babyface fire in that match against Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens could be primed for some big things in 2021. Huge things. I, I think you could you could put that character back in there with Roman, maybe as somebody who couldn't get it done the first time but keeps ch- chugging away and, and, and nipping at it and trying to go at it. Yeah, I think Kevin Owens could be in line for some big things. Riddles, obviously – in line for big things. The Hurt Business, I'm anxious to see where they go. Keith Lee, I don't know. Keith Lee could win the Rumble. Big E could run, win the Rumble. I have no idea. We're, we're six weeks out from the Rumble. I don't even know who the favorite is right now. I have no idea who could win this Rumble. Other than a returning Brock Lesnar, maybe to go after Drew or go after Roman, I don't know who could win this Rumble. So that's a good spot. That's a good, unpredictable spot. Voicemail number five. Hey, yo. That was Being terrible. the bad guy. I was wondering. I told him to do it awful. What you thought was the most surprising Royal Rumble. And I'm hoping that answer is just too sweet. I don't know that I understand the question. The most surprising Royal Rumble? Yeah. Why would it be just too sweet? Oh, is he talking about Diesel coming back in 2011? What's he talking about just too sweet? That could, be, that could mean so many guys. Cena coming back in 2008 is the biggest Rumble surprise ever to me uh he had been injured and he was out we thought he was out for a long time and he came back after a couple of months cena in the garden was uh was was fantastic that was a great rumble surprise uh edge last year was a very good rumble surprise although there had been some online reports that he was coming back that, that was awesome it was still an awesome surprise so uh to mr perfect in 2002 was a great surprise to me too i love that one and tragically it didn't go anywhere but uh, i love that one we got one more yes yeah, one, one more voicemail let's go Oh, yeah. That was a great podcast. It was awesome, but we need more Arya. You know what I'm saying, man? Oh, yeah. I need Arya in my veins. Is that you? Oh, no. yeah. I don't know where I went with that voice. That's you. No, oh, I swear to God. Yeah. I can't, I can't do Randy. More Arya. Why would anybody call and request more Arya? They get plenty of Arya. I don't know. But Hulk Hogan once said, if you don't put yourself over, brother, no one else will. That might be the best point ever made on any podcast ever. Yeah. But I really did put it in because of his uh, Randy Randy Savage. Uh, and there are the voicemails. <laughs> okay, we finish up with my Tuesday morning cleanup of Monday Night Raw. An episode last night that uh, didn't advance things a whole hell of a lot. It did tell us that The Fiend, who was set on fire the night before, uh, isn't gone forever. He will, in fact, be back, is what most people suspected. 
But uh, Randy Orton talking to an empty arena gives his whole spiel. And then here comes Alexa Bliss on a swing set, which uh, looked exactly like you think it would look. And Alexa Bliss is great, and she does well in these roles. So I'm I'm more interested now than I was. What's The Fiend going to look like when he comes back? What's he going to do? So we'll see where it goes from there. Uh, at the top of the card, I still think we're headed towards Sheamus, Drew McIntyre at the Royal Rumble. Might have a little mini program with Sheamus and Keith Lee right now to uh, to heat Sheamus up, I guess. I don't know why I use Keith Lee to do that. I'm just guessing anyway, so it doesn't matter. Uh, but that would be a great a great Hoss fight. That would be a very good match, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and looking forward to see where the Drew story leads. And the rest of the card, they started Raw off with a 30-minute women's tag team championship segment where Charlotte starts the, the Raw in the ring. And Charlotte, to me, is, I don't know. In the women's division, I, 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 I like I like Sasha, I like Bailey, I like Asuka. Charlotte has been the most pushed of any of them, and, and it's always just kind of, it always circles back to her, and that always gets into the inevitable sameness that I wish wrestling would try to, to avoid. But it is what it is. She's back. She'll be pushed to the moon very soon. I'm sure she'll have a match with Asuka for that singles belt, either at the Rumble or at Mania, probably at Mania. So we'll see. Otherwise, uh, uh, you know, it's a holiday episode of Raw. They weren't going to push their big guns. I would assume when we come back after after Christmas or maybe after New Year's, they'll really start the big push towards uh, towards the Rumble and towards Mania. AEW going to be at 10 o'clock this Wednesday night. Look for a good show there as they build to it there. Everybody's building to something. Now Now Raw can build to the Rumble. SmackDown can build to the Rumble. NXT is building to New Year's Evil on, uh, in next week. And then AEW is building to, a, I believe, a duo of big holiday shows coming up. So... And Raw announced Legends Night January 4th, which if I, hey Raw, you want to bring me in for Legends Night, I'd like to meet all these people because, my God, Legends Night is right down my alley. Everybody always complains, oh, they can trot out the same guys. Yeah, because those guys are awesome. Yeah. They can trot out Hulk Hogan, and they can trot out Bret Hart, and they can trot out everybody. Kurt Angle, to the end of time, I will always mark out for it. I will always like it because it's what this business was built on, these great legends. Stone Cold Steve Austin, yeah, like I'm not going to tune in for that, please. Brandon fucking Walker. Stone Cold's up there. I'm there. They get the rock even better. Wrestling is good, folks. It's not bad. I was watching last night. Keith Lee and Sheamus at the end. Um, Sheamus kicked, gave the bro kick to uh, Keith Lee to end it because they're going to have a little beef. They're going to have a little fight. That's what wrestling is. And one of the commenters on the blog, I follow Raw, said, oh, Keith Lee getting buried again. Just fucking turn your TV off and don't watch it. If you hate it that much, if you just make shit up, if you just get negative about everything, Keith Lee's a grown-ass man making a salary. He's going to be what he's going to be. Nobody's getting buried. That's what wrestling is. You take a you take a kick, you come back, you fight. I, I, I hate the negative. The constant negativity online bothers the shit out of me, and that's what I want to get out of the business. My name is Brandon Walker. We'll be back next week for our year in review. And the first uh, first guest starts in January. We'll have guests from then on. Thank you for listening. This has been Wrestling.